You've taken something. I have not. You've taken something. You didn't even act surprised, for fuck's sake. This is like the Brigham 6 all over again. Hand it over, you little shit. Don't make me frisk you. You're tripping, nigga. If you think you're gonna frisk me, I'll have you up on charges. Do you want me to batter the hell out of you, Eugene? Because I will, boy. No questions asked. What in hell are you doing? Tiny. It's a derringer. John Wilkes Booth used one to assassinate Abraham Lincoln. I wouldn't think it'd do that much damage. They get the job done, so I'm told. Although I can't see what used to be to their ass. Maybe they're for killing little Protestants. Killing little Protestants? That's fine. I mean, I miss I miss going to the movies. Don't you guys? Don't, don't you guys miss scary. going outside into the movies, into a dark room I, where they played movies on a big screen? I don't miss Carib. I the only times I've thought about Carib is when they put up those signs that were like, "Oh, we miss you," and come back. That's the only time, cause. I am hoping that Carib shuts down so that somebody else can open a better movie. I know it's not going to happen. <laughs> but you know, if it's on your list of dreams, yeah. right? if we're listing, if we're talking about dreams, yeah. right? If if anything can come out of COVID, I hope it is that Carib does not make it. I had a I had a good laugh the other day. Um because so with covid like a lot of schools have been going in and out of like going back to school and being yeah. online um i know for example our cousins um in the states have been literally since they moved there have been doing school from home mm-hmm. um and i read a news story the other day in which a school that that had like a snow day yeah they were having go to they were going to school at the time had a snow day and immediately told all the children, get online, it's mm-hmm. a snow day. And people were like, oh no, we kind of have to, we, we still have to do school now because people are used to working, schooling from home now. Yep. Rather than being like, it's a day off. Yeah, it's a snow day, so everyone stays home. And they're like, nope, you're coming with me. Get on the Zoom call. Gotta hit Zoom. Ah. Uh. Oh my God. Why do you hate Zoom? I don't. I don't. I don't like any. Uh, like all of this, I understand functionally that all of these uh, online meeting platforms work, and all of them work just about the same at this point. But I would like to see people again. The o- the only good thing about Zoom meetings is that they're quick. When you have face-to-face meetings, meetings used to go on for like hours because people just be there and chatter. Like if you have a Zoom meeting, 
there's like a half hour cap before everybody is just like listening. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's not. I can feel Douglas in the corner being like half an hour Zoom meeting. I don't know what you're talking about. No, that's his everyone's tolerance for attention. Like and you have to be on them longer. A Zoom call for yeah. maybe seven hours. Yeah. You have to be on them longer, but you get about half hour of peak performance and then everything else after that. <laughs> it's just people staring at the camera. Oh, you guys leave your cameras on. Oh, <laughs> rookie moves. No, I, the more and more people are demanding that you keep your camera on. <laughs> but anyway, tell, that's tell them I'm... you don't live in the 1900s and you're working. Um, but yeah, I've been tempted to like go to the beach one of the days, just bring my phone. I go to the beach. Hold on. No, 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 no. no. We cannot cannot move on from this. Andrew, Mm -hmm. did you just refer to the 1900s as if they were like um, this long ago historical time? They were. I mean, 20 years ago, Douglas. (laughs) (laughs) That's a long time. That's somebody's whole lives. I mean,. Did you just refer to the 1900s in the same way that historians refer to the 1500s? To the, to the, I did. To the 1800s. To like the, the 11th century? The, the, like. Yeah. I'm, I'm not backing out to this. Is that, is that what you're, is that what you're trying to do? Someone sent me this video where a guy was pulling up at a drive-thru. He got his food and he's like, oh, can I get drinks too? And the attendant is just like, yeah, I just need to see your ID. So he takes out his ID Oh yeah, and yeah, he's like, "Can you can you see it?" And she's like, "Yeah, man, I can see the one." Yeah, and he's like, "See the what?" And then he's like, "Oh uh-huh. no!" Uh-huh. Yeah, I've seen this yeah. kind of thing. Like, and and when like I thought about yeah, it, and I was so like, it took oh, Andrew shit. a while to get there. <laughs> you yeah. got there yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, the first time it took me a second to. I was like, oh, I don't get the joke, and then I was like, oh no. Yeah. Oh no! Like, oh, I can see the one, and I went, "Oh no!" <laughs> so, for, so, everybody listening to this, it's been a while since we podcasted. So, like, I'm pretty sure this episode is gonna go places. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a long time. Um, we took a unprompted hiatus. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yes. Um. And as usual, like, I, I was lazy editing, so, like, the last podcast only went up a week ago from us recording this, which, yeah. from when people hear this, might be two weeks, we'll find out. Um, <laughs> when Pocketcast is like, there's a new episode at Tom, for a second, I was just like, where's Andrew getting episodes? Wait, whoa, hold on, actually, actually, this is, this is a good, um, segue. I, uh, um delinquent uh-huh. and no longer as usual yes and no longer subscribe to tump on pocket cast however okay. yes i would like to say that i um do subscribe to the rss feed of gmanreviews.com <laughs> oh, that's the life is that what are you using as your rss reader i um i use feedly <laughs> and um Essentially, the only thing that gets pushed into that feed is Tom, because uh-huh. clearly I'm I don't write anything anymore, right? I, 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 
every day I tell myself I should write something and then like time evaporates. <laughs> no, just the other day, I don't know why, uh-huh. because usually when I go to my feed reader nowadays, either I'm reading finance news or I'm reading tech news and nothing else. I don't mm-hmm. do any of the reading. Or anymore. you see Tump updates. No, you have that there. no, I don't. Mm-hmm. And that's the funny thing, because for some reason I was going off the beaten track and <laughs> ended up at G-Man Reviews and noticed that there was an odd addition to the yeah. Tump um, stream. Yeah. Andrew Robinson. Uh-huh. Why the fuck are you cheating on me with your friend Ryan over there? Yeah, my, oh, you heard Wonder Vision <laughs> top bonus. Yes, yes. Yes, Ryan. I was just like, wait, where was I for this podcast? I don't remember being on this. I don't podcast. remember a Wonder Vision podcast. I wasn't going to say anything to you. You, you know, wait. I remember. I remember also thinking that we should do a Wonder Vision podcast, and there it was, Sans yeah. Tom, right? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> no, it, no, it said Tump in the title. Yeah, it, it did. Except Tump wasn't there. I yeah, mean, man. maybe, maybe T. Maybe if we're generous, T U, but definitely not the M and the P. What, what, what's going on here, Andrew? Just Explain like, hey, yourself. Hey, I don't remember speaking to Ryan recently. <laughs> Let's hear what I had to say about Wonder Vision. What did you have to say, David? Apparently, jack shit. <laughs> Um, you know, it was just a spur of the moment thing that happened, uh-huh. and we recorded it, and I released uh-huh. it, and boom, yeah, it's there. Uh huh. Right. Damien, um, yeah. Damien, to all those listening, you can go. In, you can go into the archives and go find Ryan and my discussion of the WandaVision uh-huh. series that happened on Disney Plus that wrapped Damien. up recently. Uh-huh. Yeah, Damien, I'm gonna crack this website password, uh-huh. and um, <laughs> there's gonna be some unnamed tech podcasts yeah, coming man. your way. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's not even like it's a short podcast either, you know. It's not like a half hour thing. No, full hour. It's like if okay. You, Douglas, if you want to do a tech podcast and you're willing to do the editing and publishing, I'll give you a feed to put That's, it on. That is not a thing that Douglas can commit to at Good. This point Good. So 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 shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, let me, I can't speak on behalf of Douglas. Um. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> remember when we let it, Damien edit podcasts for one time? Yeah, man. I, I mean, speaking of which, where are those episodes? <laughs> I'm are they actually done editing? I mean, done is a strong word. <laughs> oh, you're the Zack Snyder of like... <laughs> <laughs> of like podcasts you're like re-editing constantly yeah, looking for that extra frame every time i play one of these i'm just like boy no one should ever hear these. <laughs> because i i i did a lot of bad things <laughs> so anyway. moving along yes moving along <laughs> you know segue in the best way that tom can ever do um right. This time, this week, we're here to discuss the 2019, really 2021, if you look at theatrical, like, public release, um, horror film by the director-writer Rose Glass, St. Maud.
Hi, are you Maud? Yes, hi. It takes nothing special to mop up after the dying. You're prettier than the last one. But to save a soul, that's quite something. Bless Amanda's body and bless her mind, which is shrouded in darkness. So yeah, um, this film, directed and written by Rose Glass, her feature debut film, um, Saint Maud, is the story of a pious nurse who is brought in to work for a a, a, a sick lady um, that is Amanda, who is a former dancer, and she ha- takes it upon herself, thinking that she is a, literally a saint, to save her soul. Um, the film continues as we go down the rabbit hole of Maud's um, mental health and try to figure out which is real and not. How insane is she? And or is she actually a saint speaking to the gods? Um, as well as all of the other religious stuff that happened in this film. Um, Damon, it sounds like you have things to say to this film. Yes. I do have things to say about this movie. Um, All right, let's talk about the good first. Um, Both teams played hard. That is, there's no, like, middle ground. The directing was fine. The acting was superb. Um, My issue with the movie, and it it feels weird coming from me to say this, but the movie is too cynical for its own good. Like, I wanted to like this movie. I like the premise. I like the beginning. I like where the movie was going. I was just like, all right, let's see where this movie takes us. But the movie, especially at the end of the movie, where it becomes clear that she has actually had some kind of psychotic episode. Like, she is gone. She's fine. Like, the movie doesn't give you any room to think that maybe these things are happening in any kind of reality. The movie is very explicit that uh, Maud is a lunatic, And this is what um, people who are religious zealots turn into. But the movie was doing that. I I feel the movie went into that too early. And like even the final shot of the movie was for me unnecessary. And, but the, the problem I have with this movie and the reason I have um, so many issues is that I don't know how to fix it. Like, I don't have a plan to fix this movie, to make this movie a better movie. I don't know. You don't, um, you're, not, you're not just coming here being like, all right, cool. If we cut out that last right. bit so, and, we make it, and we make it a little bit more ambiguous and you kind of yeah, give it I a little bit like I'd be more happy with it. Yeah, that right. doesn't fix the, the issues that I have. with the, Because her, her turn into... Like, she's just like, listen, I've been saved. I used to be on the wrong path. I'm doing all of this hospice care 
I'm taking care of this lady. I build this relationship with this lady. And there's a point where she's like, oh, um, the lady asks, you know, can you feel, does he talk back to you? And she's like, I get a feeling or whatever. And then she and the lady have this moment. And at that point, I'm like, all right, I'm fully on board with this movie. Let's see where this, what direction this movie goes. And then from that point on, the movie is just like, listen, uh, religion is dumb. <laughs> people who believe in religion is d- are dumb. Uh, people who think they can talk to these people are bonkers. And let us have her backslide, which was that part was unnecessary. Um, her going to the bar and sleeping with the guys and whatever. That's like we didn't need that for what they were trying to do. And then having her like start this woman and start the people and then get go back to the room and have these like all of that felt like felt like it didn't serve I guess the movie that I wanted to see. And I don't think it served the overall movie because I don't know what, like, what this movie is trying to say is, uh, like, that religion is fake, and people who think they can talk to any form of God are crazy people, and this, this is what, it is some kind of psychotic break. It doesn't have anything to do with belief. It is, this is a mental thing that has happened to these people. And they need to be hospitalized. And what it screams of is all those stories I've heard from the past. I'm I'm sure it's still happening in certain countries. But of women who would complain and they'd be like, oh, this woman and her humors or (laughs) she's having um, what and we need to put these women in insane asylums. Like, that is what it screams off to me. But they set all of that in modern day, and it feels like this movie feels aggressive in its cynicism. Like, it's not giving you any any leeway to go, you know, maybe this is, like, she is hanging on a belief. Like, the movie doesn't, most movies about religion hinge on belief. How unwavering the belief is. But this movie isn't doing that. This movie is just like, she's a lunatic. And this is what, and this is how it, we're going to continue. And it didn't, the movie didn't work for me. Despite the fact that um, all the acting from the from the two main people. Uh, it's fantastic. She is incredible. I don't know what her name is, but if I see her in anything ever again, um, I'm looking at uh, Moifd Clark. That's not her name. There's a F-Y-D-D at the end of her name. That's not real. <laughs> That's not a real yeah. person's name. I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm not going to look up how to pronounce yeah. that. Uh, uh, up that side, they've got some, some <laughs> yeah. names. No, thank yeah. you. 
All right, so it's going to be hard for me to follow this person's career because I can't pronounce her name. Remember uh, Sharonan? Yeah. <laughs> uh, M. Clark. Side, it's, it's very interesting. M. Clark <laughs> is fantastic in this movie. Um, but the 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 overall story and the overall attitudes in this movie uh felt it it was so aggressive that it didn't uh it uh, it didn't endear me to the the rest of the movie um despite the fact that like it wasn't that expectations thing because i i'd never seen anything for this movie it was just based on how the movie started and what the premise was i was just like all right I think this movie could be something special. And what I got wasn't special in any way. Except for the acting, of course. The acting is fantastic. I mean, you talk about this movie being too cynical. Um, I mean, how is it any different than, say, for example, a Scorsese's Silence? Which, pulling that knife out right now, I can't remember who and who was negative and positive to that movie. I was I was positive, very very right. positive with that movie. Right, because I remember I was positive. Yeah, so that um, but I remember <laughs> I remember feeling there were some negatives in the room. Yeah. <laughs> whatever that movie. one cokehead that <laughs> 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 got it wrong. Um, but I mean, like I I hear you, and I feel like this movie is definitely more definitive in telling you what this woman's issue is, as opposed to as opposed to being like. Is she really talking to Jesus? Um, and is she really saving souls? Um, but at the same time, what I what I wonder more about watching this movie is what does and I mean I don't want to pull open the rabbit hole of um, pull open the rabbit hole. I'm sure that's yeah, a saying someone uh-huh. will put out a shirt yeah, somewhere. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, yep, of of. Um, of religion being good, bad, or in between, right? But the effects of the of the mythologies of religion, and the truth of the matter is, I I could I could cut and paste anything for the word religion here, right? Because there's sometimes when I watch this movie where I think to the concept of saints, and I think of saints almost in my head. I'm like, how are those any different than picking your favorite superhero from the comic books? Right, where you're like, Superman is my guy. Right. right? Well, obviously, the difference is saints are real, Andrew. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, like Claus. Sorry, what was that? Like Claus. Saint Claus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the the effects of what what religion and and maybe it's not religion specifically, but um, the effects that religion had on her. Um, as someone who was already in that mental state, right? Who who needed probably needed something to latch onto, and she just went so hard that it pushed her that way. Where she took it to the point where, like you see later in the movie, where she's um, kneeling on popcorn, where she's walking on nails, kind of stuff, um, to to deal with her sins and. This this movie goes much further than that, but at the same time, like looking at it from the lens of being a straight up horror movie, 
of um, this woman's psyche going darker and darker throughout the film. Because even though she starts at the point at the beginning of the movie where she is... Where she is... um, walking into a new situation, being a nurse for a new lady um, who, I mean, the first scene, the first word we hear about this woman is she's a bit of a cunt, right, from another woman. So you're kind of like, oh, she's going to have to deal with a job here. Um, And she somehow turns this into a saving of souls, into like she's possessed by the devil and I must bring her back sort of situation. Um, And... That in itself, like everything we're seeing, isn't necessarily an admonishment of religion in my mind. However, it is just a ex- it's it's further communication as to her the character of Maud's mental state going deeper and deeper into her psyche. Um, that eventually comes to its ultimate at the end that we that we see, um, and that to me is the horror movie that we were presented with. That to me is a fucking awesome movie. <laughs> that does its job with spades like the watching these two women like go at each other like in the scenes in which they play it is incredible when they they can you can talk about the the more fantastical scenes which are obviously meant to be like imaginations of mod um right um, but even some of the more passive aggressive, like the the, the pseudo real scenes, right between these two women, um, like even the, I think there was this one point where the the woman Adele, I think is her name, right? Adele, Amanda, Adele. Amanda. <laughs> mm-hmm. My, they're all A names. They're all A names. Yeah, man. Uh, like Andrew. Yeah, her, <laughs> the character Andrew. Right. Um, <laughs> Um, where we're like she starts too much R and B there. <laughs> she starts, um, she starts praying for her, and then she's like, "That's not real." And you, you just kind of look at the response and how these two women play off each other, and it's just amazing. And this movie is great. Okay, uh, so um, for another opinion, <laughs> <laughs> this movie was not for me. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I took some notes. NFTs. There you go. I took some notes and I realized at the end of the day that those notes were all just questions. So, Andrew, mm-hmm. I have some questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, and, and let's be serious here, is Maud mistaking mini strokes that mm-hmm. cause spontaneous orgasms for the touch of God? Yes. Um, Maybe. <laughs> um, Maybe. <laughs> did she have sex with the old man she killed while she was killing him? We can only hope. Maybe. Yeah. No. Uh, why does this movie feel like it's five hours long? Is there a reason for this? Because because you watched it wrong. Yeah, that part I don't agree with. Okay. <laughs> um. Why did they let Spike Lee pinch it on directing for that last scene? <laughs> for her escape scene? Yeah, Why? that part I agree with. <laughs> what? <laughs> did, I, did I miss, did I miss a, a picture of Trump somewhere? <laughs> no, she, um, 
they did the same thing that Spike Lee always does, which is that she was obviously on a trolley and they were just pulling her. And, and okay, all right, cool. <laughs> so that was funny. Right. <laughs> also, call back to Coney Island. I'm at the start of the movie, I'm not the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, this one is more me outside mm-hmm. of the movie. Um, is it weird that when I heard God the Cockroach talk, mm-hmm. that um, the first thing I thought to myself was, is this Javier Bardem? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if it is or if it isn't, and I doubt that it is. But I think it's funny that I, I would imagine that whoever it really is, they did a lot of computer processing of his voice. Yeah. And um, I think it's funny that that's just how Javier Bardem sounds. Like he doesn't need <laughs> computer pre-processing yeah. for that shit. <laughs> Um, and my final question for this movie is, um, does an angel get its wing every time you stab a celebrity or a quasi-celebrity? We can no? only hope. Maybe? Okay, cool. That's my sincere hope. Yeah, but I really I really didn't like this movie. Um, I, Damien, you mentioned a lot of um, the points that I would raise. Both teams played hard. There's obviously... There's obvious skill. talent. Yeah. Exactly. There's talent. There's skills. Um, it looks pretty. Um, I really enjoyed some of the things around this movie, but it just was not for me. Um, my real problem here, I think, is my real problem about this with, with this movie, and it's the same issue that I had with the Joker. Right? Even though, to be fair, I feel like the Joker is a lot closer to a movie I would like than this one. Um, sexism yeah that's, I mean, <laughs> yeah that's exactly yeah, yeah what that's why uh-huh. <laughs> um yeah. and, and the problem is that this movie tiptoes around the point of the movie more than it actually presents a movie about what this movie is about right there's a lot of brooding there's a lot of oh i'm sad there's a lot of um i'm sitting down in my five by five apartment um mm-hmm. being praising to jesus um, when this movie should really be about, if you're calling yourself a horror movie, where is the horror, right? This is, that this was going is to be horror- my next question. Exactly. This movie is a horror movie in the same way that, um, oh my goodness, I have forgotten the name of the Clint Eastwood and Morgan Freeman movie. Um, Unforgiven. Unforgiven. In the same way that Unforgiven is an action film. Right? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say Unforgiven is a Western. And I'm no, no, no. Like, what? It's Western through and through. Yeah. But it is action <laughs> for one minute at the end of a five hour long movie. One minute, <laughs> has, one minute is. Uh... The one minute is superb, don't get me wrong. I mean, and, I, and, and the difference between Unforgiven is, I really, in a way, I shouldn't speak Unforgiven's name in the same uh-huh. breath as this movie because. Unforgiven is actually fan-fucking-tastic right. all the way through as well, right? It, it knows how to build. This movie does not. Or, or I did not enjoy the build. The one movie. minute in Unforgiven is an overstatement of how long it was. You got one, maybe 15 seconds. <laughs> Good Lord, what are 15 seconds? <laughs> oh, it was marvelous. Uh, this movie, like, Andrew, the movie... The movie is let down partially by the fact that it is not scary in any way. Yeah. But that wasn't what I thought the movie was going for. So that is not what disappointed me. Yeah. But if we're going to 
judge the movie on what it thinks it is. Yeah. And this movie cannot be a horror movie. Because yeah. no part of it. Unless, unless you're going to tell me that all hospice workers are lunatics and you should be afraid of them. And yes. <laughs> and, and, the, and the funny it's thing all, is when I... All Catholic hospice workers. Fair enough. <laughs> Damien, if, you and I come from the same... Oh, sorry, sorry, Andrew. Go ahead. <laughs> no, man, you can't so, go. So, Damien, you and I come from the same place because I, too, didn't realize it was supposed to be a horror movie. Because I'd seen the trailer. Um, I had decided from the trailer I didn't really want to watch it. It was, it was one of those movies where I was like, it looks like it could be good, but probably not. And it kind of mm -hmm. reminded me of... What was that like movie that was not a movie that I, I, I inflicted on us? It was about a play, um, and it had this, this, this girl that didn't like her mother and turned into an animal in the end, and there were like no lines, and it was horrible. Yeah. I've already forgotten whatever oh, shit right. movie you're describing right now. So it well felt done, like... Brain. Well done for not even <laughs> Until Douglas said that, I didn't remember that movie existed. Exactly, right? So... The, when I watched the trailer, the trailer for this movie felt like that. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm not going to do that to myself again. Right? Um, because there is a needle that could be thread, but boy, it's very tight. Um, and this movie definitely didn't thread the needle for me. Um, but then when I got to the end of this film and I saw, in particular, the scene when she goes back to... Um, Miss Dancer Lady's place mm -hmm. and talks to her, and you realize what they're going for. It's almost like I retroactively added that to the whole film. <laughs> I was like, like, "What the hell? This yeah, movie can't do this been... no more." Yeah, exactly. no. At the no. end of the movie, hmm? you're like, but that, that's actually that's actually one of the reasons I like it because, like, throughout this whole movie, they have like really small and subtle things that they add in. Um, that are that are her experiencing these horror, like ridiculous, fantasized psyche moments, right? And it's 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 it, you saying like, what is it scary of? Is it scary of nurses? Absolutely not. <laughs> it's not it's not telling you to be scared of nurses. That's what um it is or some shit. Um, the the thing that this movie is almost being a horror movie of is it's a horror movie of your own psyche of people having mental breakdowns and what a horror that can be right like seeing the movie has her almost managing herself throughout the whole first half of the film and then like all movies of this ilk like it's about the thing expanding and getting out of control which is what you end up seeing happening in the back half when she's when she's no longer doing that job mm -hmm. and she's now like on her own and as as you mentioned she's backsliding yeah. right um and that's when the things start to get more and more ridiculous and more and more obvious and Douglas even talks to it about the fact of like there's a thing that happens and then suddenly everything that happened before in this movie is start to see differently right um, I, it's it's like any of these time loop, loop movies where you watch again and you're like, oh, he seeded that at the beginning and I didn't know that was what was going on because I didn't go back in time yet. Um, and I'm not saying this movie is as good as time loop movies or that this is the best horror movie of all time. I just think it's a really fucking good movie. And, and especially, like, I, 
you know I love to do this, especially for a first-time filmmaker, right? Like, this is quite a fucking bat, right? This is quite a great swing for a first-time filmmaker, right? And I, I love it for that. Yeah, I mean, the thing about it is, right, and one thing I'd say is you have obviously taken a position on this movie mm-hmm. in yep. terms of what, not, not whether you like it or not, in terms of what is happening in the movie. Because the truth is, this movie is ambiguous enough where you can take either position. You can say either she's having a breakdown or you could actually come out of this movie and say, yeah, all of that like supernatural she's, stuff was real. She, right? She's Constantine in, in Ireland. Exactly. <laughs> so, so you can actually take either position. And it's clear that you've taken the she's crazy position as opposed to the she's an angel position. Um, and maybe that also gives you clarity as to whether you like it or not, but that's another thing. Um, I do want to make one more point as an aside about this movie. Damien said that something interesting. He said he could not figure out how to fix this film. Well, Damien, Mm -hmm. I have a fix for you. All right. All right. Now think about it this way, right? Mm-hmm. I propose that the director, who is also the writer, went about this movie all wrong. First of all, she thinks it's a serious movie. She needs to stop it. This movie is not like a, a calm movie. Can, can we just say for a moment how much I love her name, Rose Glass? Okay, fair enough. Rose I think Glass. Andrew likes things about this movie that don't have anything to do with this movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... Let me look up this person. This, is, this movie is not cinema, right? Or it should not be cinema. Here is how I would fix this movie. Or how I would make it a movie I would love. <laughs> um, how's about we forget about build-up? Or maybe we take a John Wick approach and have perhaps 15 minutes of build-up. Mm-hmm. And at that stage, all this movie is about is her, and I'm going to take the she's delusional route. Mm-hmm. Her being a delusional demon hunter and killer. Where yeah. she poses as a carer, uh-huh. right? And goes to a number of people's houses and murders. to figure out whether they are mm-hmm. demonized or not. Figure right. out whether she can save them or not. Right. And in the flowchart of saving or not saving, the end result is murder. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, this would be like a good version of Promising Young Woman. Now, as to whether there would be a, a, a third act where she's found out and pitchforks and, and murdered mm-hmm. or, or, or put in prison or whatever, or if she just continues on and it becomes like a John Wick series, I don't know. But I'm just saying this concept probably works a thousand times better than The this. same part. It, she has to, you know, ascend. So the last scene is important. It is her, in her mind, ascending Mm -hmm. up to heaven. Mm -hmm. But what everybody else sees is a girl that had a psychotic break lighting herself on fire. 
Yep. Actually, yeah, we could do that. So it's, we could have a third act where, where right. it includes that. And I have to tell you, I did really love mm-hmm. that scene. It looked beautiful. Yeah, because you hate the movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, yeah, fuck this movie. <laughs> yes, they deserve to die. <laughs> um. But yes, I have officially the, fixed the this The only thing I th- like... Having her, having Amanda be seen as the devil for mm. rebuking her, especially when all she had to say was, God's not real. And then she was like visibly shaken. But mm. like, that is the part where I'm just like, it, there's some inconsistencies to how they're bringing this. Either she is, I mean, when Roach God speaks to you, that is all the comfort. She she was floating, there was explosion, and then the Roach Lord spoke to her and said, go save people. Right? Nothing from that point should have been able to shake her belief at any point. She should have been so firm in her belief that, listen, I am coming here to save this lady. Nothing that come out of that lady face should have faced her. She should have just gone in there and been like, listen, I'm here to baptize your soul or whatever, whatever. And then when the lady rebukes her, then the movie needed to come up with something creative for her to do. I don't know what. I don't write movies. I don't direct movies. Not much up to know. <laughs> but... That end, like, the ending seemed contrived, is what it it felt like to me. And I was just like, listen, you guys are building to something, but it felt like at the end, like, the end scene, the director definitely wanted that to be the end of the movie. So she was working towards that. But the run-up to that, I don't know how... I don't know how we got there. And it is things like that, that like she should have been more consistent with the, with her holding on to the delusion because the delusion is what she wants. She's basically pushing away normal reality to live in this, this world that she's built for herself. And so to have all of these things lead her to to doubt and whatever, but it's not, but the movie isn't built on faith. You know, like you can't bring in the, the trials of having, of being faithful to religion when faith isn't the thing that you build the movie on. It's not about whether she believes or not. They've shown that she's had some psychotic break. So there's nothing to... T- there, what is she tested by? They didn't, they didn't expect... I don't think that part was earned. And so that is where the movie fell down for me. But I don't think the movie is... The movie is definitely not bad. This is not a movie I'd go, listen, this is not a FTM. That's not what this movie is. <laughs> the, 
too much about this movie is objectively good for me to look at anybody and go, never watch this movie. But the, the movie doesn't resonate with me. I'm glad it resonates with you, Andrew. But some of what you said about it being a horror movie, you're going to have to miss me with that. <laughs> nothing about this movie <laughs> is like, like it comes at night. Uh, that is a movie that you're just like, yeah. They don't show you what is coming at night. But boy, at the end of that movie, you're just like, I don't want to do be in this movie anymore. I would like this movie to end, please, so that I don't have to do this. <laughs> I am very afraid, and this movie has to stop. Or the Vivich. Douglas, have you seen Vivich yet? Not not for the second time to make me like it. I've seen it for the first time though. That movie's not good. You're the devil. What is this podcast again? So moving along, um, where were we? We were talking about Saint Maud. I, I don't know if anyone felt they had more to say. Mm-hmm. Nope. It is not Tump approved, unfortunately. <laughs> although, but it's not Tump disapproved. Although, given Douglas what... Douglas has lost his phone. Yeah, given what uh, Andrew's been keeping up with, secret podcast and all sorts of badness, next time we look, it might be Tump, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> You'll get on two people that actually like the movie and record a bonus... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be the director and the writer, two different people at the same time. Yeah. Um, and they'll be like, approved. Approved. Uh, <laughs> um, so moving along. Mm-hmm. Um, continuing our Jean Kejia um, oh, marathon. Of course. We're here to talk about his film from the year 2000 platform. The, the film follows a theater troupe um, in the rural areas of Fenyan who struggle under the decline of communism and the rise of popular culture in China in the 80s. Um, Douglas, would you like to start this one off? Certainly. Uh, so, fellas... Yes. I'm a simple man. Um, yes. And I know that being a simple man, um, there are times when I must admit that things are beyond my capability of understanding. It's outside of your scope. <laughs> outside of my, the scope of, of reasoning that I am... <laughs> built it, right it's beyond my ken yeah. <laughs> and i must admit uh-huh. that this movie is one of those things <laughs> there were times and when i say times i want to just say all of the movie all of the when times I, I didn't understand what was happening it really is never a good sign when um after the movie, and in fact, halfway through the movie, where you realize that you don't know what is happening, and you're going to have to read the Wikipedia page to try and, like, retroactively 
mm-hmm. understand what was going on, or at least what the, the filmmaker wanted to, to let you um, think was going on. And it is even worse when you then go to that said Wikipedia page and all they can muster is a one paragraph summary for a three fucking hour movie. <laughs> You're telling me no one Hold sat on. down on Wikipedia on. and <laughs> to write Douglas. Yeah. For some for someone who went through high school not reading his literature books uh-huh. and reading Cliff Notes, right. that one paragraph summary is like the dream. <laughs> right? Yeah. When you're a terrible student, it is the dream. Yeah, it, is. it is a dream. Except that Andrew. Like, when I read that one paragraph summary, that what Wikipedia said was uh-huh. kind of like, you know, when you watch a movie and you don't fully understand, right? Right. At the end of this movie, I was like, okay, well, I guess if somebody were to ask me to talk about this movie, mm-hmm. the only thing I could say to them is that maybe, and I'm not even sure I'm right, but maybe this movie was about these people in this play troupe that, and how they grew up. That's what Wikipedia said. That's all Wikipedia said. Yep. That it was about the coming of age of these people in this troupe between late 1970s and early 1990s. That's all Wikipedia could get from this film. Yep. Now, here's the thing, right? Um, and, I, boy, I, I know that I have problems sometimes with... And this is a serious thing, right? Um, and And... I don't know what it is. I wonder if like there's something that just isn't quite there in my mind. But with um I have a problem with foreign language films and following actors sometimes, right? So especially especially the non-core cast, right? The 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 supporting staff. Staff, Jesus Christ. The supporting <laughs> cast. Supporting um, staff. Yes. That's what we call him. <laughs> the staff. <laughs> um, but especially the supporting cast, sometimes it's hard for me. Like if somebody pops up in scene one and then shows up in scene 20 and then maybe once again in scene 50, it's hard for me sometimes to remember who they are, to place them and, and, and things like that. Not as I find that I'm better with English-speaking movies like that than foreign language movies, and I don't know what that is. I really don't. Um, that's a, and so, quick, so quick question: yeah. Is it English-speaking movies or is it American films? No, I think it's English-speaking. I think it probably has to do with um, my mind having to work on reading at the same as at the same time as watching right, and so recognizing faces. On who Ex- these people are exactly. I wonder if that is it. That's the only like re- uh, rational thing I can come up with. But I, otherwise, I just don't know. Maybe I'm just fucking stupid, right? Um, or you're racist. <laughs> that too, right? <laughs> um, and I wonder if that played a role here because this is a a very long movie. It is a, a very like almost like an epic sort of movie where a lot of things happen. It does actually focus on a, a, a tight core of people. I would say mainly three, but really four people, right? And it's it's these two, let's call them couples. Um, and but as it progresses through time. The issue that I have with this movie, and again, maybe it's just me, 
as a and and my shortcomings as opposed to how the movie actually presents itself and how like you two um uh interpreted the film so you guys can let me know um after i'm done just lambasting this movie um the problem i had was like i had to guess at things and spell at things sometimes so there were times when scenes moved on and i was like i think time has passed I think <laughs> something has happened. I, I think that perhaps um, this is now the future, right? Um, and then I would have to like kind of pause for a moment and compose my thoughts as to how to connect what happened two minutes ago with where I am today, right? And that was not a good thing um and it also didn't help that i actually watched it in two sittings because i started last night and uh i'm sorry i had to stop <laughs> um but like and i think there are a lot of things that i just didn't get like i couldn't relate to um in the movie and relate? at the end, end of the day it was just long it was over long it was over epic. There were a lot of things that were just happening for no reason. And I feel like this could have been a much simpler movie about um, the, the emotional uh, growth of whatever, whoever you want to focus on. Let's say it's these four people that um, would be helpful to me. I wonder if... Or that would make it a better movie, rather. A better narrative movie. And I wonder if this director's desire to... Um, and I am actually not... I, I don't necessarily realize this. I'm just taking this from what I've read about him. Um, but his, his desire to, to make the movies be also about the place, right? And make the place the setting and what is happening generally within culture, within that setting, be an important piece of all of his work. I wonder if that is getting in the way of, and I know a lot of people love these movies, but at least of people like me um, to love this film, films like this, because you can't focus yourself on a narrative as much as you would like. It's there. There's all sorts of extra dynamics that you just like, but, this is useless to me, you know? And I wonder if that's really my problem. Um, the thing does go around in circles. It, it comes and I think they grow up and become old. Um, you, you see them go through privatization of the, the, the troop and you assume that throughout the, the rest of the world in which we're, we're, we're living in that it's actually a broader privatization of all of these things that used to be government run um, and you kind of see them transition from doing what seems to be like classical traditional sort of art forms to later in the day they essentially turn into like a, a an 80s pop band like mm -hmm. a girl band kind of thing um, who, which is interesting which is I mean even that could have been interesting, except all they did was it just happened and you don't even really explore that. So it's, you know, I feel like there's so much in this movie 
They just need to decide what they want to explore and do that. And that is probably my biggest problem with all of these movies so far. Damien? Hi. Uh, this movie is uh, a... It, this movie is a test. It's a test of people who like movies for entertainment <laughs> and people who like movies academically. <laughs> because nothing about this movie is good, not a single part of it. There was an hour into this movie a decision had to be made. This girl got pregnant. They made it very clear that this is where there's the one child per household policy. They weren't married. And so she is taken to have an abortion. The leader of the troop and some of our other friends were there. And one hour in, I was confident this is what this movie was going to hinge on. Because you wasted one hour of my time setting up this version of China. Setting up that this is where privatization is coming into being. Um, there is discussions around that. Um, they, while it wasn't discussed um, by the troop, they were very explicit in having um, one of, I don't even know what you call that, a propaganda street team scream at people saying that there's one child per household. And there was a lot of um, direct economic questions being asked within the troop and some socioeconomic things being brought up. And then they're like, this girl is now pregnant. She needs to have an abortion. And I'm like, oh, one hour in, there's an hour and a half left. This must be what this movie is. And then the movie looked me in my face and said, no, Damien, we're here to give you a history lesson on a decade in a country you have no idea about using the least effective vehicle to get you that information. People playing make-believe on a stage. I was like, I don't know what... <laughs> At the end of this movie, I wanted to punch Andrew. <laughs> I wanted to punch him. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Why me? Because I had... To, the reason I'm doing this is for the podcast. And I blame you for... <laughs> oh. Even, even though it's not my marathon. Even though it's not your marathon. <laughs> okay, cool. As, as long as we know whose marathon it no, is. No, I am well aware <laughs> who this... <laughs> I, but all I wanted to do, I was just like, everyone who thinks they like these movies, they're all bad people. That is a blanket statement. I will not retract any of that. You are a terrible person if you like me. Because you are watching movies for a reason that is beyond me. And I've been watching movies for... This is a dry history book of a movie. <laughs> who asks for, who is entertained by this? Who wants any of this? 
at any point. Russell Crowe. I cannot imagine. Stop it. <laughs> I cannot imagine <laughs> what the target audience for this movie is. I, I genuinely don't understand why any of this was committed to film. Because it is a... For you to bore me this much and you, there's time travel in your movie, <laughs> for you to start a decade of this troupe and you cannot give me anything. You can't give me fights. You can't give me terrible, you know, performances. You can't give me anything that is legitimately entertaining for me to go, well, listen, I don't understand the culture, but at least these things were exciting. Do they not make excitement in China? I don't understand. <laughs> what Only part China of this movie is engaging? <laughs> I I am genuinely, genuinely confused as to who would sit down and watch this and, and why. Like, I understand why we have done it. We make terrible decisions. <laughs> but <laughs> there are shots of people staring at a screen. You don't get to see what they're watching. They're just watching a thing and being happy. And it is not, oh, it's a single frame. You're like, wait, that was a minute of people staring at a screen. What is this movie? And then the movie just goes, before I tell you, how about we move on? And I'll go, tell me what? What are you trying to tell me, movie? And they're like, in the 80s, China changed from a strictly communist to a slightly less strictly communist country. And these jackasses were performing the whole time. And I'll go, and why, why? This, watching this movie the entire time, I only had one letter in my mind. It is a giant Y. Just for all of this. I've only watched an hour and 15 minutes of this movie. <laughs> well done, sir. Did, Try did I respect you, see, you for doing did, so. Did you see in the chat when, when David was like, let's record tomorrow. I was like, I guess I should watch those movies. Yeah. Well, like, no. Damien, or rather, Andrew, didn't you see my response? I was in the same boat. Right. I watched this movie between last night and this morning. You I was going, to, I was going to watch it last night and then Renata looked at me and she's like, we're not watching one of your bullshit movies. <laughs> we, have to watch, we have to watch something we both want to watch. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm and, like, well, and you are like Renato. <laughs> and then like, I tried to watch it this morning and then it yeah. got to a breaking point where I was like, all right, I'm going to start St. Maud now. <laughs> and then I oh, you didn't like, watch Saint Maud either. Okay, fair enough. Like, well, I had, to be quite I, honest, I had watched Saint Maud from before. <laughs> to be quite honest, I saw Saint Maud two years ago at the festival. Uh, yeah, right. I haven't seen it since then, so I was like, I should rewatch it before the podcast. I could have tried to do it off of memory, mm. but yeah, yeah. Two yeah. years ago is a lot, especially since last year was like fourteen years, <laughs> and this year continues to be fourteen. Oh my god! <laughs> so, so yeah, I got to the point in this movie where Damon was talking about the one-child propaganda team, and I'm like, I remember that, yes. right? 
Um, I definitely was not following a lot of this movie. Um, it didn't. It didn't seep in. I I got from the synopsis, and I guess the same thing Douglas got from his one paragraph Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> the sort of movie this was tra- wanted to be, which I'm like on a different day. I feel like I would have had a better attempt to engage with it. And to be quite honest, coming back to the beginning of our podcast, while I don't specifically want to talk to Carib, these are the movies that I miss theaters for, right? These movies in which being in the theater forces me to like try to fully engage with it as opposed to when I'm at home. And you like, drop I, your phone. Right. And I'm like on my phone for like 90 minutes of the movie and I'm... And I'm just like, I didn't like the movie, and I move on, right? Yeah, you're just like, oh, I know I don't like this movie. Then you put, yeah, yeah. Like right? Um, because, because honestly, I think the movie deserves me to actually attempt to engage with it, right? I'm not saying, I'm not saying the movie's good or bad, or like we shouldn't call out bad movies, but every movie actually at, at least somewhat deserves my attempt at engaging with it, right? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I sorry guys, I did not get through this one. And there's you, you, no, trust me, <laughs> there's nothing. Nothing would have been you would have gained anything following through on the next hour, half, hour and a half of this movie. Yeah, so then I switched to Saint Maud, watch mm-hmm. that, cook lunch, and now I'm here. Okay. Good job, <laughs> here, trash, trash. Yay! I need to do that when I finish podcast actually next week (laughs) no so yeah that's the end of the platform not the platform the platform is a different movie so we can we can talk about um good movies now we can talk about random things we've been watching for the last forever since we last did our podcast let's see if this take up longer than the other half of the podcast of course it will especially with people like me and damian andrew i had a straight week where i was doing no work and just watching television (laughs) (laughs) so let's start with you douglas while i'll just like mute my microphone and let (laughs) you go all right, cool. So, and then an hour later, Andrew's like, is it my time yet? Yeah, I have to, <laughs> I have to do this. Woo. Yeah, all right. So I'm going to try and go through quickly, but I do have a few things. On if there's top. anything on my list, I'll chime in on you. Okay, cool. And I'm sure there are going to be a few. Um, so, so I'll just start and go through a few rewatches just to, to talk about the fact that I r- rekindled my flame for my, my old friend Terry G., and um, so I kind of want to watch a bunch of his movies. I actually realized he hasn't directed that many movies. Um, but I watched 12 Monkeys. Because, because people who make movies have seen how much, movies his, how much money his movies make. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thanks. And how likely they are to be blown away by hurricanes. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I've I've rewatched Twelve Monkeys and The Adventures of Baron Munchausen, and both of those movies, while very different, um, and also very similar because all Terry G movies are similar, um, are amazing. Twelve Monkeys being the kind of his version of '90s action time travelly um, movie, and Baron Munchausen, I don't even know if it. He intended it, he must have intended it to be, but in my mind, it is such a wonderful, adventurous children's movie. I love it to death. Um, 
Um, speaking of children's movie, I also watch rewatch Hook, which oh boy, it's amazing. And I guess the link between Hook and Munchausen is Robin Williams. Uh, he's in both films and hilarious in both. Uh, and I rewatch a Terminal, probably one of the last good Steven Spielberg movies. What say you, Damien? Yes. Where is, the war, where is the war horse conversation? I'm, I'm a fan <laughs> of the Terminal. I'm sorry. He said good also, movies, Andrew. Also, also, The Post is a good Spielberg movie. So Absolutely not. I still have not watched that movie and still know exactly how bad that movie is. How boring that movie is. <laughs> And on principle, Andrew, I don't like that movie. <laughs> uh, I also rewatched Pushing Daisies, which is a great television show. And I wanted to mention it simply because in rewatching that movie, I realized that I had forgotten the whole second season. All of it. Every single episode. Like, I watched the first season and was like, oh, I remember this. I remember that. I remember this. The second season onwards, I was like, did I ever watch this did show? I watch this movie? <laughs> um, and the only reason I know I watched the second season is because I remembered one specific scene. But it's weird how I remembered it because I was like, I remember this scene, but I thought it was in some sort of, some sort of huge towering clock tower with this, that, and the other happening, and none of that happened. Like, I, it was. And actually, it's always good to have that happen because then it's almost like you're watching it for the first time. And I love that show. It is silly. It is stupid. It does not take itself seriously. And there should have been more of it. Um, yeah, that sounds like a Douglas TV show. Yeah. <laughs> so as we talk about, one, things that are nostalgic, and two, things that I'm sure that we've all probably watched. I saw coming to America. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yeah, I, I removed that from my list. I'm like, I don't yeah. need to talk about that movie. I only have two things to say about this movie. Uh-huh. One. Wesley Snipes is amazing. Thank you. If only there was a director's cut with just Wesley Snipe dance scenes, yep. then I would actually like this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, that is probably the through line yeah. of, like, new Eddie Murphy between that and Dolomite. Wesley Snipes just kind of owns in both of those movies. Yeah. Oh, really? I've actually heard good things about Dolomite. It, um, I, like, Dolomite is pretty good. I think uh-huh. the biggest the biggest compliment I give it is it gives is it it pushed me to want to go and watch the original movie that like he's like making over kind of stuff like doing the making of movie story. Mm-hmm. Um but Wesley Snipes is fantastic in that one as well. Yes. Okay. Like, Great. It turns yeah. out we may have misjudged how good an actor Wesley Snipes is. Well, is it good an actor or as willing to make fun of himself because he was not a good actor in i just want to let you know he's not a good actor in this movie he hey, just, I, listen i he saw the movie just he's like good. he's a cartoon character which yeah. is amazing <laughs> we've seen people try that and fail miserably though Douglas. True. True. you know who we saw try and fail eddie murphy <laughs> yeah he's not good at doing that not anymore not anymore he used right. to be he used to be but clearly, if it is a muscle, then he has not been using that muscle. <laughs> yes. And the the only other thing I have to say about this movie is that in a way, 
I almost want them to make two more of these <laughs> simply because I need them to call the next, the, the last, the final installment mm-hmm. coming for America so that white <laughs> people can get scared. Like, that's, that's all I want, right? Okay. But what would the third one be, though? I don't know. Coming to America 3, the, the movie we all forgot. Right. Um, I'm just a little bit upset that um, the rich white guys from Trading Places didn't make an appearance. Fairly certain those guys aren't with they us. They did. I know, right? Um, <laughs> they're probably not with us, but also they did in spirit. I think they referred to them, no? Did they? I don't remember. Yeah. Um, that I, movie's already gone from my exactly. mind for the most part. <laughs> I, think, I think I saw somebody talk about being the son of, the, of them or a grandson or something like that. Yeah. I, rem- I, I, I vaguely remember that. The oh, was that what that character was supposed to be about? Oh, shit. Was that like the interview scene with like the, the son? Yes, yeah. yes, it was the interview Was that scene. what yeah. that scene was supposed to be in reference to? Ah, cool. Didn't yeah. catch that. <laughs> the, the only thing I would say about this movie that I appreciate is that it's not often you get a sequel to a movie in modern times that is specifically for people who saw the first movie. <laughs> they are not trying to catch people up with the... If you never saw Coming to America, you have no way. <laughs> no, none of this movie. This movie already doesn't make any sense. But none of it makes any sense if you've never seen the first movie. Oh, yeah. Especially, like, the last part where yeah. it, it it's not even just sure. Eddie Murphy is the singer and he comes out, Right. Um, but that alone, you could argue, people would be like, oh, okay, it's Eddie Murphy doing Eddie Murphy things. Like, the build-up. There is about maybe a, a two- or three-minute build-up where they're like, oh, my goodness, is it going to be that guy? Is it going to be... He's the best singer in New Jersey or wherever they're from. Mm-hmm. And, it, like, if you watch the first movie, you know from day one. You know from the first second, you're like, I know where this joke is going. And actually, I enjoyed that joke for that reason. Listen, but it was bad. <laughs> in in the trailer, they had a reference to Idi Amin. And when I saw that, I was just like, <laughs> I have to watch it. Because that man has been dead yeah. for 30 years or something. <laughs> like, only people who were big and saw that movie in, what was that, late 80s? Mm-hmm. Like, you have no... And so I respected that. Could the movie have been stronger? Sure. Yes. But I still, there's still things about the movie that I absolutely enjoyed. Number one of which is my boy, Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Um, so, okay. Moving along, I watched some HBO stuff. I mm-hmm. watched Godzilla, King of Monsters. That movie is very bad. It's aggressively yep. bad. Told you. Wait, that's that's Godzilla too. No, yeah, that's the second one. The one before the one that's about to come out. No, that's coming out in like a week. Oh yeah, man. It comes out in like a week. Oh, oh lord. Oh lord. And that's kind of why I watched it because I was like, I guess the new one is coming out. I still haven't watched this old one. Why don't I try? Oh boy, Douglas. Oh boy. That second one is aggressive. To be fair. It was probably better than the first one. I'm going to punch you. They at nope. least no. Listen, in spirit, it was. This was still a bad movie, you know. But at least they understood what could make it a good movie, which is 
the monsters and the action and the fighting. Both they did it you wrong. And, both you and them wrong. have failed to understand what is they good about it wrong. But I'm just saying they tried. They did not try in the first one. They tried to get me to enjoy talking from people that don't talk well. And then there was a monster. That is a movie that I will always I somewhat feel like you, like, I am willing to respect your wrong decision about Godzilla 1. Yes. However, I feel you have completely misunderstood Godzilla 2. Okay. And don't even know why that movie is bad, really. Yeah. Like you, you, you accidentally agreed that the second movie is bad. <laughs> oh no, I know the second movie is bad. Here is yeah. what is bad about if if so if we were to really give like a proper review of this. Here is the thing about the second movie. The second movie is a bad version of a nineties version of what people think that this movie would have gotten made, right? So that's that's a real issue with this movie. This movie thought it was being made in the nineties, and even for movies made in the nineties, it was bad. They didn't get that right. So that's the real problem with this movie. But let's move on. Uh, I also watched some more HBO stuff. I watched Judas and the Black Messiah. And I want to slow down here for a moment. Because because of the amount of time it's taken, we actually have not spoken about this movie on this podcast. This movie is fucking perfect. And why do I say that? Because this movie had the same effect on me that the Intouchables had. This movie had the Intouchables effect. This movie, Andrew and Damien, has no fucking right for me to like it. It is a movie based on true events. It is a movie that's intended to be important and have heart. And, um, and it's also me. The Departed. Exactly. Uh, no. And teach me about, like... All sorts of things to make me into a better human being. I went into this movie actively knowing that I would hate it. I don't know why I started watching it. Maybe because I had nothing else to do on some like lonely COVID um, lockdown night. <laughs> and I said, you know what? Let me watch this bullshit movie. And at least I'll have something to rant and rave about on the podcast eventually. Andrew, this movie is perfect. I love the acting. I love the directing. I love everything about this movie. Oh, accidentally, we agree again. Because <laughs> this movie is amazing. I love it so much. I watched yeah. it. I watched it uh, probably a few weeks back, whenever it yeah. came on. Um, like, Lakeith Stanfield yep. is so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, get Out, as we call him. <laughs> so get out. this movie. Um, actually, he really, should be, he really should be the stare from window, Widows, right? The guy who stares intently from Widows. Yep. Um, <laughs> Daniel I... Kaluuya. It's Kaluuya, thank Kaluuya. you very much. He's not a liquor. <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> um, he's so well, good. What, what he really is, is Wakabi. Please, call him by his correct <laughs> Right, we are—they are all superhero characters, right? They're so all superheroes. We have to—we have to pick their superheroes. Lakeith doesn't have a superhero, does he? Not no, yet. I don't think I don't think he has one yet. But I mean, there's there's time yet for that time. Um, yeah, there's going to be a Black Panther too. 
<laughs> you see me i would have i would have been ridiculous and said he's ready for the next suicide the, the suicide squad after this right where they bring in another <laughs> random person but you went straight for the black panther yeah but those aren't real superheroes first of all <laughs> those are dc like bad movies right the only good dc movies have batman in them um and superman <laughs> lately <laughs> um the Marvel movies, at least they got the formula right. And even when they're bad, they're good. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, Judas and the Black Priest is really fucking good. I really love this movie. It's it they made they made this uh, as Douglas Judas puts it, and this the Black this <laughs> Yes, the Black Priest. I will not fix my titles. I love it. You're mixing <laughs> 80s hardcore rock with whatever the hell this movie yeah, is. Judas and the Black Priest. <laughs> Um, I'll change it again if it makes you happy. I'll find another dumb title to call it. Judas um, and the Black Silver Pieces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to quote, to quote um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Judas and the Black Kid. Um, yep. yep. What? Oh, I, I love that. Panther. He can come I love that Panther. they addressed that, by the way. I was just <laughs> like, yes, especially because, by the way, I've been watching a, um, a cartoon lately, and of course, the only black superhero in that, in that cartoon is called Black Samson. And I'm like, guys, really? Yeah. Really? But okay, moving on. <laughs> um, but yeah, that movie's really fucking good. It it's, really is. It's really good. I need to watch that movie then. <laughs> you haven't watched it yet? No. Nope. I literally sat you down and, talk, and spoke to you about this movie. Yes, you did. And, and, then, Damn it. and then I went home forever. <laughs> <laughs> which is why you should have watched it at least twice no which um, is why i immediately forgot what you said to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay so so moving on um let's get some of the dumb things out of the way i care a lot i watched um i'm not sure i actually like this movie actually no we spoke about this i don't like this movie um Did we? because of how it ends um, um I, re- I thought this movie was acceptable. Like, this movie isn't a great movie. It's not a bad movie. Yeah. It has its positive moments. It's like one of these fun, dumb movies that you'd put on and you'd enjoy for the runtime for the most part, right? Um, Dinklage is great, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so this movie sucks because of the end, for me. Th- there is no half-stepping in movies like this. There is no, <laughs> like, you know what? Let's all... We can all get along. That does not happen. Not, e- not even like the end after that end kind of came. I feel like the end after that end kind of made it up for me. No, nope, right? I feel like I feel like I did that with you. If that was the definitive end of that movie, but there's like a scene after that where I'm like, oh, this movie remembered that accidental it's... revengeal justice does not count. <laughs> it must be intentional. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Full career or no career. <laughs> Um, so as I'm talking about it, I realize I think we spoke about this on the last podcast. So let's move on. Um, uh, the last dumb thing I'm going to talk about is a Hulu dumb thing. Andrew, you and I both watch this movie. We watch Boss Level. This movie is more ground, Groundhog Day nonsense with lots of action. And it is not good, but I rather enjoyed it. It was a great way to waste um, a couple of hours on. Uh, I have so done a thing. What's that? I, I was quoting the movie. I am Andrew, and I have done a thing. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. 
<laughs> it's not done a thing, which is why I didn't quite catch on. But yeah, I yeah, I did enjoy her. I, I enjoyed a lot of this movie. It is so stupid. It's stupid beyond belief. Um and like it could have been like there are things that could have made this like proper dumb fun, but it's just enough for me to, you know, waste some time with it. I really enjoyed it. Um no. Oh, one one other thing before I move to the big one. Um, I watched a movie that I'm sure none of you have ever heard about. I saw it on Google Play, and um, decided to take a leap. It's called Doctor Bird's Advice for Sad Poets. It is essentially. You I know, feel like um, Damon threw down his microphone to be like, "Yeah, I don't need to hear anymore." After <laughs> He's making up movies again, so I don't need to hear this. Exactly. It's essentially moody teenagers um, and stuff. But it's actually more than that. It's a mixture between moody teenagers. So, like, um, it has a vibe. It definitely has a Charlie Bartlett vibe. It definitely has a, um, a vibe with Hermione um, and the boy that I love, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Um, and it has kind of like a a French not not quite paperback jellyfish, but like a French movie, like uplifting, like Five Hundred Days of Summer when you see him in French movies and being happy vibe. It has all of those vibes all put in one, and it's not exactly great, but I did rather enjoy the movie. It's a movie about it's it's mainly children who are the stars of this movie. It's a movie about a boy who his home life isn't so hot because his sister runs away. His father he calls him the brute um, and he is portrayed as like this, you know um, very he's an army guy um, but not in the army anymore, but very forceful, very like strict and discipline oriented. And he has a mother who like is kind of portrayed as a victim in this whole thing. Um, and the movie is about him and this girl at school that he, of course, is his love interest, um, searching for his sister and finding his sister and then like learning the truth about his family and and who is, you know, who was the bad guy? Maybe is a good guy or maybe there are no good guys. That kind of bullshit. It's actually, I, I, I didn't mind the movie. Um, but it's like, you know, again, probably something that you don't mind wasting your time with rather than an actually good movie. Um, and the last thing I'm going to talk about, the big thing, again, I'm sure we all three or at least two of us have been through this. Um, a lot of white people got um, like their pitchforks at the ready and demanded that a multi-billion corporation throw millions of dollars and remake a movie that was bad three years ago. Mm -hmm. And I am here to tell you... Have we all watched this song? Yes. Have we watched it? Okay. Yes. I, I am here to tell you that it's still bad. <laughs> there, I won't lie. There are some better things about it. Yes, it is less bad, right? But 
here is what I will say. I will say that... First of all, please say the title. Zack Snyder's <laughs> Justice League, right? <laughs> <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League or the Justice League Zack Snyder's Cut, whatever the like real name of that movie is. Um, I will say that it is clear that a local DJ that goes by the name of Sisla Calonti actually got a very early cut uh -huh. of this movie about 15 to 20 years ago. And he wrote a song about it. And the lyrics of this song, ever so poignant about mm -hmm. this film, go something like this. Get to the point. Mm -hmm. Can this the Rastaman anoint? <laughs> Burn out the Babylonian every time. And I agree. Burn out the <laughs> And this movie needs to get to the point. Like, seriously, this movie is longer than four hours. And it doesn't need to be. Um, there are a lot of... Like, I remember when I started watching this movie, I actually got a little bit of false hope. Because this movie starts off pretty well with a lot more excitement than it did. But the problem I have with this movie is a few things. One, um, obviously with the like attention that it got and the money that it got, I think they felt, and maybe he thought that he needed to do this for other reasons, but they obviously felt that they needed to make it into this epic, this huge thing, so that people like felt, ooh, I have my 10-hour opus, right? Um, and you don't, you don't ever need it to be that, like that. The second thing is, um, there was also a lot of pandering to the people who were like, how dare Joss Whedon be a person who is a bad person and, um, and not have like um, Cyborg in there because he is black and not have um, Wonder Woman in there because she's a woman. And so they did a lot of pandering for that. Um, and like when you do that, you cannot, you, you have to make decisions, right? And the truth is, Joss Whedon is an asshole and he probably should not have cut out Cyborg or done all of the assholish things that he did with that movie. And guess what? He made a bad movie in the first instance, right? Let's not get around that. Um, and I think also that if you, if you try and put all of those things in, you're going to come up with a mess of a movie and an overlong movie, which he did. And finally, I think he probably felt the need to make a movie that was completely not the one that was there before because there were actually some significant changes. This movie did was not... It, it, I kind of expected this movie to be the same but with more scenes. But this movie, it felt a lot like that, but they actually also made it into a different movie. It had different storylines it had different resolutions it had it 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 kind of went on a similar track but it really did develop into a whole different movie um and you can also see like that Zack Snyder clearly the intention for at least what part of the DC stuff that he was attached with that there was this intention to continue and to make this whole um, dystopia future thing a big part of the through line of the various movies that he was going to be making for them. And that might have been interesting, actually. 
And um, as a standalone, I didn't mind that couple of scenes that they had in the desert. But this movie is not good. Like, it's for all the reasons that I said, over long, too much stuff, um, a mismatch of, mishmash of, of thoughts and ideas. And if he had really just honed in on what he wanted, or even make it into two movies, it probably would have been much better. So, like, I watched this movie, and like you, Douglas, I am massively surprised at how different it is. And not necessarily, as you say, being a few extra scenes that pad out the runtime. But like, there's some scenes. Like, I, I went back and I like rewatched um, the original Justice League finale action scene, the, oh, the okay. Steppenwolf oh, action. Just I just oh, watched yeah. a scene. Oh, yeah. oh, I didn't watch the whole movie. I was like, yeah. I was like, because I remember things. Because mm -hmm. I haven't seen that movie since it came out. I'm like, I remember things, but I don't remember yeah. it well enough to be like, I know exactly what changed. Yeah, they completely <laughs> redid the whole of that ending. Right? And actually, I was reminded of, and this is Damien's fault. <laughs> I was reminded of another podcast that I now watch instead of listen to, mm -hmm. um, where You're they welcome. talked about the the Superman debacle in the 80s or 70s, whenever that came out, yep. where Richard Donner got fired in the middle of it. And so the first movie is Donner. The second movie is, I can't remember his name, but another fellow who decided that jokes were more important than mm -hmm. movies. And that's exactly what I thought too with this. Because um, Joss Whedon's version was all jokes in the end where they're like, you know, they had races and who was going to do this quicker and they had this family that they were going to save and there were like mm -hmm. light-hearted moments there but no in this one it's super serious it's like i am yeah. saving the world and this is like a thing that needs to be taken seriously and like i couldn't help but just laugh because i was remembering the the um mr sunday slash um uh daily daily planet What's it called? Is it the Dana Planet? Yeah. Weekly Caravan Planet of Garbage. Caravan of Garbage. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, like it 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 surprises me in how these things modify and how like let, let's make this clear, how improved this movie has become, right? Yeah, I'm not saying course. I'm not yeah. saying it doesn't have problems still, right? But improve if if there was a, a category in our pod in our end of year for most improved movie, right? Kind of kind of kind of like kind of like for video games, these like live service games that like release versus three years later as to how that game runs. Um, like this movie is most improved. I actually found myself like for, in points actively enjoying this movie, like understanding that Zack Snyder. Um, like he he was at, when he's at the top of his game, he still makes movies I like in some ways, right? I rewatched the Superman, the Man of Steel movie as well. Oh, yeah. Um, I could I didn't I didn't rewatch Batman versus Superman because I couldn't bad. find it anywhere to stream. It's oh, on HBO uh, Max. Because it's trash. Leave it's me alone. Trash. I love Leave it. me alone. Batman vs. Um, Superman is a bad movie. It's so I'm, good. I don't remember it being a bad movie. It just had a few fight scenes in there. I like oh, I remember. Um. <laughs> But yeah, like, like, there are parts of me that want to almost be on the side of this movie, right? But the questions I want to ask are these, right? I sincerely wonder, right, this movie that he's given us, first of all, I know, I know there's probably an element of it for him um, has to do with like what went on at the time of production because the reason why he dropped out of the movie was his daughter died. Yes. Um, 
and family tragedy and he had to just step away which was a like sucks right um (laughs) but like i'm pretty sure at that point in time previous to that event like he probably was in the in the works of planning like 10 other dc movies and still planning to like be a part of that production team right um where they hadn't yet made the decision to like do what they're doing now with like aquaman and suicide squad where where they've pretty much broken them apart and they're like, yeah, they kind of touch each other, but we're we're trying as best not to make them into this interconnected world anymore. By the right? way, just to say, Aquaman is my favorite person. My favorite, like, added <laughs> person now. Like, I loved Aquaman in this movie. I still didn't like this movie, but Aquaman, love him. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wonder how much of it has been that it's been like four or five years or however long it's been since the movie came out. Um and he knows that he's never coming back to DC that made him make this movie into the opus that it is um, versus being the version we imagine, which is what general Zack, Zack Snyder cuts of his movies have been where they're like, yeah, we added in those two scenes that the studio didn't like. Right. Um, and like, I legit, I kind of like this movie for for that sort of concept in it, for it being this wildly different idea. And more to the point, it's almost like a bookended idea where he's like, good, I'm done. Right. It's not one. It's not like a even even a Marvel movie where they make them and they're like, well, we didn't get those five ideas in, but we can push them in later. Right. In like three movies down, we can get that character that we want to come in. Right. Um, Because that studio guy didn't like me. Um, I still, I, one of my biggest gripe with this movie is the epilogue. Like, I truly, legitimately hate everything with that Joker scene. Um, I've, really? oh, like, God. like it's just stupid and un- unnecessary. And like, I think, I think so. I like because eventually I was curious enough. I like went and found some article where someone, someone list, listed out completely what the differences are between the 2017 and this version. So that I could kind of just see them written down without me having to like source the 2017 movie and rewatch it. Um, the and like I saw someone explain why that scene exists and why it makes pseudo sense, and I'm like, I don't give a shit. It's bad. Um, I imagine they're foreshadowing, you know, the future when Superman goes bad. The future, the future that never happened because he was okay. Well, no, it technically could happen because it's all about Lois Lane dying. And I, I imagine that the rest of the movies that he was going to make was either going to do one or two things. Either it was going to resolve that where they're like, okay, let's make sure that Batman dies instead of Lois Lane and then he's happy so that the world doesn't burn. Or it just continues into that world. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a movie, it's four hours on. The people who clamored for it, they love it and they've watched it 50 times already. And you know what? Sit in your corner and enjoy it all you want, man. I don't give a fuck. Um, but I... so, it's so bitter. <laughs> I know, right? And I have to say, one thing that I'd say is that if I would love a movie, like a standalone, I don't need the, the journey there, but I would love a movie in that time where Superman is bad, it's all desert, and Batman is the Batman that like kills people and they're fight. That would probably be a fun movie. You don't get to have anything fun anymore, Douglas. You don't. <laughs> I think I think you need I think you need to start a hashtag. That's how it works, right? That's how the, that's how the whole yep. system works. If, yep, that's right. right. If, I want desert cut. 
If you say the word hashtag to me, uh, I cannot promise you I will not punch you in the face. Move, mm. Going forward. <laughs> Damien, what's your hashtag? Uh, so, Batman and Superman is a terrible movie. And <laughs> the Justice League, Joss Whedon version, a terrible movie. The fact that he added an hour and a half to garbage and made it watchable is a miracle. <laughs> the fact that I, I thought two hours into this movie I'd be going, you know what? Maybe I don't care about this enough. But two hours in, I was just like, oh, okay. It's like it's like a long TV show. I, I can't see where they're going for. And two hours in, I saw let's say the third the third best action scene i'd seen in any superhero movie when the flash does his flash thing the first time that scene is in that scene by itself if we take everything else out of the movie that scene in of itself justifies everything else in that movie it it's not as good as the quicksilver scene in that um x-man movie and it isn't as good as the magneto scene when he moves the coin that scene is still number one when magneto pushes the coin through jorge's head that is the most i didn't even know they were going to allow that on screen so that's my number one, then the Quicksilver, and then this. This is incredible looking. But it's very short, it ends, and you're like, all right, fine. Clearly that is his vision. And then the rest of the movie is okay. Um, it, is, it is somewhere, uh, what's, this is Iron Man 2 level. It's okay. It's not the worst, but it's nowhere near the best. And so uh, it's impressive that he took something that was approaching Thor the Dark World level and brought it back. I didn't know that was... I thought this movie was going to be more of a mess. Um, but there's still so much about this movie that I don't like. Um... And if after four hours you watch something and you're you're not intrigued, then <laughs> I mean, there's nothing. I don't see myself rewatching this. Like it is that kind of superhero movie. It's a superhero movie that I've seen, and I'm just like, I don't think I'm going to watch this a second time. Um, I didn't watch Guardians of the Galaxy two a second time. Because the first one is so much better that I've never needed to sit down and watch the second one because I knew that one was a disappointment. And so that is this movie will fall into that bucket. It is not Man of Steel. There's still people on the internet being wrong, saying Man of Steel is bad. I don't know what movie they're watching. I have no idea what is taking place. <laughs> Man of Steel is incredible. This movie is not bad. And uh, he was given 
he was given all of these. He was basically given a blank check and said, and they said, make the Avengers, but for DC. And he tried, and it wasn't great. Uh, I I kind of wonder what Justice League movie he would have released in 2017, because I'm sure it wouldn't have been this movie. It wouldn't have been right? this long, but it would. I'm I'm fairly certain it would have been mostly this movie. He's, he seemed to have been determined to make the thing that he wanted to make. So, I don't, I don't know. And luckily, we'll never have to find out. <laughs> uh, we have any idea what his next project is going to be? Is he still, is he still he making movies? Movie, he has a movie coming out either this month or next month. Um, one of the zombie movies. Okay. Something of the dead. I, yeah, I think he needs to go back to making um, some smaller movies. Um, and adapting... I say we need a sequel to Guardians of Gahul. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to slap you in your face. Um, <laughs> I think he needs to step away from like the more well-known properties and do something that the the weight of expectation is not as high. Because all of these superhero movies, there's people who complain. Like, I complain about the second part of the um, Thanos movies. Like, what's the last one? Endgame is the last one, right? Infinity War is a good one and Endgame... Right. The first half of Endgame, I still don't like. So, if... And that is a movie that is built for people like me. And so if you can't please everybody, then you might as well step away and dream up some madness somewhere else. And then come back. Because he clearly has the talent. But I, I don't know if doing these type of movies over and over um, is draining. And so, like he should do... I mean, Chris Nolan is so weird. So I don't know if doing following Chris Nolan say, oh, just do what Chris Nolan do is a thing human people can do. Um, but I'd like to yeah, see just him, make Tenet. Yeah, see what, just, see how that works out. Just make Inception and Interstellar and Tenet. Yeah, just and Dunkirk just, and the, the best one, Dunkirk. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> so I'm not here cracking up. Uh, this phone call is breaking. <laughs> uh, but the movie's fine listen it is better than i expected it to be should it have Agreed. been four hours probably not no. but i walked in knowing it was four hours so i treated it as four episodes of a tv show and it worked like that i did it in two blocks i did like two hours yeah. in the morning and then two hours later in the yeah, day yeah i think that's I, what I most people to, did i had to do that like, yeah. and that's that's why i know this movie isn't as good as damien says it is is because after two hours, I felt exhausted and had to stop. And oh no, I didn't feel any of that. Um, no, no, it wasn't because of that. It's because I had to like go and do work. Yeah, yeah but the thing about it is, I agree that this is it still has better pieces, right? Mm -hmm. There was a time, like you, Damien, except I guess it lasted shorter for me, where when it started and as it kept going along, I started to like question myself. I said, hold on, is this actually going to be a good movie? But it you know, after a while, I realized, no, it wasn't. But there was definitely a lot more good things in this movie. It's just that it it was paced over 
uh, a wide expanse a week. Yeah. <laughs> space over a week film right <laughs> um, <laughs> and you got tired yeah. and you're just like I don't I don't care what is happening anymore I just need this movie to stop yeah so so Andrew's um award of most improved movie definitely goes to this movie but mm-hmm. boy I mean where is coming from <laughs> it's just whew. Um, yeah, this movie. Actually, this is one of those movies where I've kind of already decided I'm going to watch it a second time, but that I can't watch it anytime soon. It has to be like maybe a year away yeah. to be like, is there any more worth to this movie than what I'm seeing? Um, because it's, oh, it, it takes energy to watch this movie. It's 14 hours. Yeah. And it's not like we need to pass some law that says if you're not the lord of the rings movies you don't get to do three hours anymore like you have to be the pinnacle of movies before we allow you to even look at three three a three-hour movie should come with a fine like, <laughs> either the tickets have to be cheaper as punishment like we need some way to disincentivize people from making Two and a half hour movies, like two hours is the cap. If you I'm can't willing to bet, like two as hours. it relates to their salaries, there is a fine when they return in a three hour movie. Yeah, man. The, the studios are like, we said a movie. Yeah, we need to sell two hours. You no longer get that million dollars. Yeah. Like we need some rules. Like there's no overtime in movies. Listen, standard movies, hour and a half. Yeah. Movies that is you it, think will be blockbusters or whatever, or if it's a movie of import, you get an extra half hour. Mm-hmm. And then, if the movie is good enough and acclaimed enough, the director then gets. If you win, if you're nominated for Academy Award, <laughs> then you get to release a director's cut and you get a half hour more. The max any movie should be is two and a half hours. <laughs> And you know, Damien, in the good old days, they did that because they gave them just enough film for right. a feature-length movie. Right. right. Can we start putting movies on? Nowadays, nowadays <laughs> when you have all of this digital bullshit yeah. and you're just like, my hard drive is is on, like, it, it will never get empty it, right. or, or never get full, right? Yeah, then it's fine. Like, literally, I remember watching when I used to watch um, special features. I remember watching special features for... And now this is a huge blockbuster movie starring Bruce Willis, directed by um, Michael Bay, right? So mm-hmm. you would imagine they would give them as much money, as much resources as anything. Right. Um, Armageddon, yeah. right? Damien, would you like to know the reason why the, the... I think they have like Bruce Willis's face and maybe something during the credits... It's because they ran out of film. Good. So they had to put both of those things at the same time. Good job. That's what happened even to the great Michael Bay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? No, we have just random people coming up with 10-hour movies and like, well, f- they, they need to fuck off. <laughs> yes. The answer is no. <laughs> now, if you want to make a TV show, do that. But do not stop this foolishness. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, yeah. so all right that's that's douglas 
All right, let me hurry up and go through mines because mines aren't that long. Um, if this thing would open, God, open, open sesame. All right. By the way, yes. Um, Wonder Woman's action scene in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if I feel like they must have changed something because I remember enjoying that a lot more than I did in the first movie. <laughs> yeah, they changed a lot in of Wonder yeah. Woman's action scene. Yeah, it was a lot of the things they cut out of that first movie. A lot. Yeah, yeah I feel um, like there is not very much of the first movie in that one. All right. <laughs> So I watched um, Disney Plus's uh, Extra Plus, Raya and the Last Dragon. Oh, wow. um, it, I, it, I have nieces and nephews that are young. Uh, and they don't understand uh, that this costs extra money because Disney is an evil company. <laughs> and so it, it was paid for. Uh, then I might as well give it a watch. It is Avatar. Did someone, did someone click a button, David? I mean, no, someone responsible did. Okay, I okay. That's their, like, their that's children that's were like, like, I want to watch this. <laughs> okay, all right. Because yeah. I've not tried to press those buttons yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much how much like confirmation there, there yeah, is. Yeah, man, there's there's a bit of resistance when you go there. Then it's not as it's not two buttons. Yeah, there's it, it's, yeah. it's not like Fortnite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely <laughs> definitely not like Fortnite. Uh, <laughs> uh, what they should so, do, yeah, Uncle Douglas, I'm going to press those buttons one day. <laughs> what they should do well, is well, Andrew, I'm telling you, I'm pressing that button for Marvel, so yeah. it's happening. <laughs> they should put up um some pictures. Uh, as a way to age gate, they're just like, who is this person? And if you don't know, <laughs> put up Bill Clinton. And if you don't know who that is, then you don't get access. It's just like, we can't That's help. Yeah. Do you know who Steve Jobs is? And they're like, who? Move. <laughs> Move her in front of us. Um, it is a good Disney movie. It is not the, it is not the best, but while you're watching it, it doesn't matter. It is so it is enjoyable the entire time. Um and I would recommend this movie without hesitation. It's fun. Um Aquafina does her thing. Um there's there's a section, Douglas, that feels like it was lifted straight out of fresh off the boat. <laughs> um okay. so it is it is So it's Aquafina Raya or whoever the, the Aquafina is the dragon. Oh, the dragon. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, the the only knock against this movie is that the enemies are a literal dark cloud. So the any the enemies in the beginning feel menacing, but over time you're just like this. This ain't it. But the movie is structured well. Uh, the runtime is short. Which is up, which is good, um, and the, like the the animation, like there's clearly progress being made at Disney. Uh, the water looks better than real water. Like <laughs> there, it's uh, it's truly fantastic. They used Unreal Engine five. They used Unreal Engine something. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is beautiful to look at. 
Um, then I fell down a dark, dark hole. Um, HBO, Douglas showed me how to get HBO Max. So now I have HBO Max. Um, and I hit the comedy stand-up specials tab. Now, I'd already seen Daniel Sloss's X. So I knew what I was in for there. I saw Lil Rel um, live in Crenshaw. So I knew what to expect there. Here's the problem. There are three more on here than Soda's Son of Gary, Rami Youssef's Feelings, and Yvonne, I have no idea how to pronounce her last name, Mama, I made it. And they are, I rank them as such. Rami Youssef should never do a stand-up special again. It is the worst of the worst. He's bad. Dan Soda is good, but you still shouldn't watch it. And Yvonne is somewhere in the middle. I don't know what HBO is trying to prove, but these specials are real bad. Just across the board, nobody needs to sit down and watch any of these. Uh, I expected... I expected a lot better um, from all of these specials and was uh, sorely disappointed uh, in everything that, that took place. Um, outside of that, I've been watching the new Amazon um, TV show cartoon madness called Invincible. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know what Jeff Bezos has against superheroes, why he has... <laughs> both a live action and now a cartoon version of a of superheroes are the worst <laughs> on his platform but this I'm... one i don't know if it's good yet though and the fact that he doesn't put all his episodes out at once is mm -hmm. going to make me stop watching something that is good <laughs> because i can't just watch all the way through yes we uh, he he's doing it this way because andrew prefers it as Andrew ah. said, he's a, a stone cold yep. lunatic. Yep, makes it easier for him to keep up. Yep, I can just You're watch them in the morning, uh, one episode, as opposed to being like, oh, twelve to watch. Yeah, man, there's too much work. Wrong. There's nothing wrong with you. That's a reasonable thing uh, for you to do. Um, do you like it so far, Damian? Because I've watched all three. It's fine. Exactly. That's how I feel too. It yeah. honestly, it feels like it's still, even though it clearly isn't meant for children, it still feels like a children's cartoon. Yeah. And it also feels like um, the intention is for over time to it to for it to become like the boys, where you definitely know it's for for parents, but I haven't got there yet. And now I've, yeah. I have to make the decision as to whether to continue. And I'm not sure if I want to. I like, don't know if don't the know. decision... And I mean, I haven't read the comic book, so maybe this is how the comic books work. But the decision to have it be... Sorrow, have it be primarily focused on teenagers is not helping the show. <laughs> because there's teenage drama... But that's not what this show should be. Um, there, there's a big, um, there's a big incident at the, at the end of the first episode that kicks off what the, the central uh, mystery, although it's not really a mystery, uh, 
of the show is going to be. But instead of focusing on that, there's a lot of teenage nonsense, which I don't know. Um, but there, I don't know if it was episode two or three, because they've only put out um, three episodes where the Superman standing in the show annihilates an entire planet. And other than Brightburn, and Brightburn didn't focus on this, so you didn't see it a lot. It's the first time you get to see what someone that superpowered, the destruction they could cause if they chose to do this. And that is what I have come to this TV show for. Um, but I don't know if that is what um, the central focus is going to be. But it's it's been fine so far. Um, of course, because we've had a lot of time off, I've watched a lot of um, terrible TV shows, but I'm fairly certain we've spoken about every single one of these already, except Formula One Drive to Survive, but that's not for you guys. If you say a TV okay. show... I've been meaning to try and watch that show. Is it yeah. worth me attempting it, not caring about Formula Absolutely One, the sport? <laughs> okay. It... it it says Formula One right there in the title. <laughs> it's I've watched documentaries for things. There are documentaries I've watched for things I don't care about, and I kind of get into it. Yeah, this, this, this. I mean, there is drama surrounding the peep, the personal side. That's what they're focusing on. But you, you pretty much want to have a handle on Formula One to really get um, what this. Um, TV show is uh, is about Um, the thing I have spent the most time watching and I need to stop watching this but I do not have the willpower (laughs) to stop watching this is someone said on some podcast somewhere, I don't know, probably Andrew, one of his cheating podcasts, who knows, that uh, Rambo was the first superhero movie. <laughs> Rambo Part 2. I had always loved that movie, but never really watched it as a super because there is no real context for doing so. And I have gone back and I've been watching the the first Rambo and Rambo First Blood Part 2, there couldn't be more different movies. The first one is a movie that is in touch with some version of reality and the second one is so far gone, so far removed. And when I went back and watched that movie and saw that, yes, indeed, it is a superhero movie, I then fell down the hole of watching all of those 90s action movies as because i've in my head there weren't superheroes but if you go back and you watch the rock and conair and face off and all of those movies and instead of looking at them as people just go they're super powered and then you watch it you're like yeah they didn't explain what the powers were Clearly, John Woo knew that the powers were being able to shoot and kick people. And 
so that is the whole life like i've watched too much john woo movies and i should stop that uh, <laughs> but going i think i need to go in and edit the categories for those movies and put them under superhero movies because that's what all of those movies are and i think i finally come to of all of talk conclusion of all of the 90s um era movies i think the one that it is not the best but the one i love the most i think i finally accepted that the rock is the best of all of those movies i think i have to give up on uh, the rock is a deal it is it, i see douglas waving over there it is a night's tale but in action movie form <laughs> It is a warm embrace of a stupid action movie. Everything about that movie is fantastic. Um, uh, the, the science is nonsensical. The action is nonsensical. Uh, it's, it's, it's a delight. I, I smile every time watching that movie. I think it's the best of all of them. Um, I used to think I like Conier more than that movie, but I'm incorrect. Oh. Uh, don't, don't, you don't get to do that, Douglas. Um, but yeah, that's... I, I mean, re I watched, watched Conier recently. Movie's still great. Yeah. Like, I think, I think The Rock is better than Armageddon. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's, it's not a better movie, but I like it more. Yeah. I'm trying to think um, if, if if I would place The Rock above, like, say, a face-off, and I'm not sure. The Rock is better than face-off. Face-off is more dumb. Mm -hmm. But there's, there's a point in face-off where the weirdness overtakes the action, and so, like, the movie dips for a little bit. No, no, there's no dips in The Rock. It is all action all the time. Uh... But yeah, uh, Equilibrium technically doesn't fall into 90s because it came out after yeah, the 90s. Right? Yeah. But if I threw it in there, I still think I prefer... Like, I'm saying I prefer yeah. The Rock more than The Matrix, and that is Max. Um, no, Damien. Uh, mm, I don't I'm, draw the line there. <laughs> I'm telling you, Douglas, it is yeah. a funner movie than well, no, The I, Matrix. That I will agree with, because The Rock is is fun. The Matrix is supposed to be serious, and it doesn't take itself no. like as a fun Listen, bullshit thing. I'm not... There's no way to, to get at the goodnessity of the movie. Like, the, if Andrew were judging these movies, I have no idea what movie would be capital G good because I treat all of these movies as bad but I love all of these movies and I think I think The Rock beats The Matrix I think so I think it beats The Matrix so that's what I have used my time wisely watching 90s action movies 
uh, and I've come here. I mean, did did new movies come out? Because I haven't seen any of them. <laughs> yeah, there was Judas and the Black the Black Priest. Yeah, I should I should I should take some time and watch that. Um, and we're as a family, we're on I think or. 60th rewatch of Justified. Yeah, nice. Uh, I ju- we just finished season four in us rewatching The Sopranos. Yeah, no, I'm not. Not a fan. Not well, a fan. it's me rewatching. Mm-hmm. Renato's never seen The Sopranos. Oh, sorry, not a fan of what? The, the Sopranos. You should the rewatch singers? The Sopranos. The singers, huh? you mean? I mean. Definitely not the singers. Not a fan of the surprise. I've watched all of it. It's not like I fell off or whatever. Everyone said to watch it, and I did watch it. And there are some okay. Uh, let me. There are some things that are objectively good about the show, but it ain't. It's not for me, dog. Well, you know, you know, there are times when you're heroes, you, you, you hear something they say and you're just like, yeah, you're no longer a, a viable hero. And Damien just listen, lost it right there. Listen, much like my, unlike my Star Wars take, which is definitively correct. <laughs> this is one I know is probably wrong, but I just don't have, there's nothing in there that has ever endeared me to the surprise. It should be one of the things I've watched many times. But I've never, I've never once looked at the Sopranos and gone. I should rewatch that. I've tried rewatching Deadwood, and I've never gone back to the Sopranos. All right, Douglas, if you want to hate me forever, I also don't like Seinfeld. All right, well, that one, that one, like I can understand. Exactly, I can understand that. Like I've gotten over that hurt. That's like us still talking about Bowie, right? I've gotten over that hurt. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Like, I, I understand like, you're wrong and yeah, I move on. Right. right. Everyone has told me that I'm wrong and I will accept that this is not Star Wars where I'll fight you people and tell you that you're wrong. I know I'm wrong about the Sopranos and I so, might be wrong about Seinfeld. And, and the thing about it is, I can understand Seinfeld in the sense that how I view Seinfeld is it's just garbage that I love. Right? Mm-hmm. And garbage is something that some people just can't, don't enjoy. So I right. can live with that. But Sopranos is just so objectively good. Yeah. And it is so in your ballpark, Damien, that I don't, yes. I don't Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It, I should. I just don't. <laughs> so one of my favorite jokes in that show, is like one episode, there's like a... I don't know. I don't know how long it's been since you've watched The Sopranos, um, Damien and/or Douglas. Um, but there's an episode where um, Polly, my favorite character of the show, and will remain so forever. I saw you tweet about this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Chris Maltesanti get lost in the snow because they they took a a Eastern European man to murder out there. Mm-hmm. They out into the woods in the boonies. They get on the phone with Tony. Um, to explain to him that, yo, something went wrong and now we have to murder this guy, right? And he's like, well, the guy was in the interior and he's murdered a lot of people from Chechnya. Like, you guys should be careful. And Paulie hangs up the phone and he's like, 
He said he's an interior decorator. Like, this don't make no sense. Mm-hmm. Guys, like, but this place looks like shit. And you're running around in the snow, like, try, trying not to be murdered by basically a green beret. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, this show is fantastic. Yeah. I still... Like, I think I think our, Joey Pants was in the last two seasons, in seasons three and season four. Yeah. Um, Hold on, is, no, isn't it more than four seasons? It's more than four seasons. Yeah, there's six seasons, but we just finished the fourth season. Oh, you yeah. mean the last two that you watched? Okay. Because yeah. I'm about to say also, I think Joey Pants is in more than two seasons. No. But okay. He, All right. Fair he, enough. He dies in the fourth season. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless, unless it's, been a, it's, it's been a while since I've watched it. If you um, don't, if you're not yeah. following. <laughs> um, so unless like it's a it's a flashback scene, he dies in the fourth season. Yeah. Um, and like our biggest, like our biggest fun for this last season was there was a point where he made a inappropriate joke about one of the leader's wives. Mm-hmm. Um, and the leaders, the leaders, the, the, the wife who the joke was about, the husband, the leader of this group in the mafia was like, I'm so upset I'm willing to murder this man for it. Right? And his entire frustration having to go through the, the proper channels to have a hit um, sanctioned on Joey Pantoliano, um, Ralph Cipretto, um, because he called his wife fat. And yeah. Renata it looking was, at me. That person you're talking about? Renata looking at me and saying, "I expect this sort of chivalry from you." Renata <laughs> <laughs> uh, is fantastic. <laughs> no, she's not. But if anyone says anything, mm-hmm. just to be like, "I expect you to," yeah, yeah, yeah. just like And that's a good catch, Damien, because then I would have had to have murdered you. Yeah, and. Mm-hmm. I know better. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, is there anything else you have to talk about, Damien, other than no. not liking The Sopranos like an idiot? No, I mean, uh, no. I've been watching okay. Jujutsu Kaisen like an idiot. That show just finished. The finale went up yesterday. Oh, all right, cool. I'll watch that and then be done with that. Um, I expected better. Like how people were talking... I expected that I, it, show to it be played bad. it played out exactly the way I expected. Like once it got going and I got to figure out exactly what the show was, which is what I've been calling it, new Naruto. Yeah. Right? I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to try to enjoy this as long as I know I can. <laughs> until it gets to that point where it you just does that. shit. And I'm like, alright, I'm out. Right? Because yeah. the animation is awesome. Yeah. Lots of the fights are pretty cool, right? Um, but I can feel that Naruto like digging in. Mm-hmm. Where it's going to just be like art, Andrew. You're not. You're not at this stage of life anymore. Yeah, I, it. There's some disconnect there where there's a grind about that show, and I don't. I'm not yeah. here for it. Yeah. Um. But cool. Um. Last few things I have to mention because someone just got scratched off through other people's lists. Um, so I have a short list of like trash that I watched <laughs> that I feel like I should mention. Um, there was a movie that came out last year that included a a fat gladiator, a a fat Russell Crowe. That is unhinged, Why would you? right? <laughs> because, because it was it was a Friday night and I desired trash in my eyes. <laughs> 
And I act- I actively said, let's watch some trash. And I turned on Unhinged. And that movie is trash. trash. <laughs> it deserves, it, it earned its trash title, like, as I was watching it. Um, not, there's no accidents. <laughs> <laughs> it is, like, maybe, like, around the, 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 the finale of that movie, it goes it jumps over whatever shark it was jumping the entire time and jumps three more sharks and does some stupidity. But for the rest of that, for the first like hour and ten minutes of that movie, it is the fun trash you want it to be, right? Russell Crowe is being a ridiculous um, road ragey monster, and it is just dumb nineties thriller. It's this is a movie that should have been made like in the year 2000, I feel. Where like they're going for that 90s vibe that they're like, we can't do anymore because the 90s are over. Um, but it's, it's so good at that. And I, I enjoyed it for its dumbness of it. it the dumbness of this movie. Um, so yeah, Unhinged. Um, continuing on the 90s, I decided to watch this movie that I feel like is supposed to be a cult film, but I don't know how culty it is. Um, the 90s um, horror thriller mystery movie Cube, directed by Vincenzo Natale. Um, I know there have been a few sequels to this. Um, I kind of liked it. It was a dumb movie. They're stuck in a box and they're going from room to room trying to see how to get out. And, you know, people die along the way and you discover, like, some people are smart, some people are dumb, who's evil, who's crooked, all sorts of things. It's one of those movies. Um, I, it, it's short, which helps a lot. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's not the one that I'm going to, like, I need to have this in my collection and it'll be held close to my heart. I feel like a lot of people love this movie for their own reasons, but it's, it's a good movie. Like, it's a good, fun 90s sci-fi movie. Um, yeah. Um, so now this movie I want to talk about next is trash, not in that like unhinged trash where like it's bad, but you'll enjoy watching it because it's it knows it's bad. Um, this movie is bad, it doesn't know it's bad, and it almost feels as if we are it, it makes me feel worse for everyone I saw in the movie. Um, and this is a documentary from the year 1993 by the name of The Last Party, um, which circled around the presidential election in the U.S. in, the ni- in 1992, um, when, which Clinton won, um, which you might have seen a lot more, a, a lot better look at um, if you saw the documentary The War Room, um, which followed the exact same election, but from the inside. Um, this documentary is um, about Robert Downey Jr., the actor, who decides he wants to learn more about politics and like runs off to go and see what the politics are doing during this election. And it is, it is quite possibly like at some point you watch this movie and you're like, you can see the seedings for all the things you see going on in the news today in the American political scheme with the Trump stuff that happened and happening. Right. Um, and all of the other unrests that are going on, you see it and you're like, oh, why didn't people notice this? Or why didn't people say more about this then? Or whatever. Um, and there are other parts of it where you just look at the sub, the, the leader of this documentary, that's Robert Downey Jr., um, who, like, he goes through this movie being like, I wonder what politics are like. 
And then when the movie's over, he's like, I guess that's them politics. And he's just kind of done. <laughs> um, like, he feels, he feels like um, the most unintelligible quote-unquote youth. I don't know how old he is in this movie. I think he's under, he should be under 30 at this point. Um, where, like, there are documentaries I've seen where people go on a journey to learn a thing that they don't know that much about. Mm-hmm. But there are not that many documentaries where literally that's a setup of it. And then at the end of it, you look deep into that person's eyes and you understand that he has learned nothing. Right? And it somehow made me feel awful for watching the documentary in the first place. <laughs> right? Not even to the fact that, like, the documentary is bad and I feel yeah. bad that I watched a bad movie. But, like, it, it felt almost like a judgment on me that right. I chose to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's, that's what you get when, like, you decide to play roulette with the Criterion Collection. With, like, what I'll do sometimes is I'll open up the section that's, like, expiring at the end of the month. And I'll be like, all right, I'm going to watch something from here because if I come back next month, I can't. Right, uh, but yeah, movie's not good, and it's hurtful. Um, but yeah, the okay. So two movies I want to talk about. Otherwise, um, one I rewatched, which is the two thousand and seven film by Sidney Lumet, "Before the Devil Knows You're Dead." Yes, oh, I, I remember that movie. I remember this movie when it came out. I remember not liking it when it came yeah, out. Yeah, and I remember being very upset with you. <laughs> I would like to apologize to Andrew from 2007. He's an idiot. Mm-hmm. This movie's great. Right? Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman at peak. I still think it's kind of it's kind of weird the photography in this movie. Like they have like this overblown like. Everything that's outside, and there are a lot of scenes that are filmed outside, or like you can see outside, and like the lights are just so ma- so ridiculously overblown um, that it almost becomes a whiteout effect uh, when you see outside of like a car or like your a character is outside walking around, and it's really weird. Like all of the actors, most who are white, um, almost look like ghosts because of it, and it is odd um but at the end of this movie as like a a crime gritty like story is fucking awesome um i rem- i was watching this movie and i'm like oh my god there's michael shannon and there's marissa told me i'm like all these people here in this movie and alfred finney uh, <laughs> um stacking out the cast like it's so fucking good i love this movie um it was a good watch um and the last thing i want to talk about which was a movie that was new to me. Um, I watched the the film from the seventies by Elaine May, A New Leaf. Have either of you seen this movie? No. Okay, so this movie stars Elaine May, the director, as well as my favorite actor of one of my favorite actors of all time, Walter Matthau. Walter Matthau. I I do know of this movie because it was a huge thing on Twitter for like a week at one point. Everybody's like, "Oh, Elaine May! Look at what the industry <laughs> has done to her," kind of thing. But yeah. Yeah. Um, so the premise of this movie is that Walter Matthau is a, is a rich man, right? He's a trust fund boy who is now grown up. He's like tw- supposed to be 20x, whatever age he is. Um, and his trust fund has run out, right? So he now no longer has money. And he's been explained by his bankers that you are now broke. And 
he is now coming to the terms of realizing that he no longer can live the, the lavish life he has lived before in which he drives Ferraris, he goes to the polo club, he just enjoys his life of leisure. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually someone puts the idea in his head that, you know, you could just marry a wealthy woman. Makes um, sense. <laughs> to keep this life going. And then he says, all right, cool. So he goes to his uncle, um, who hates him, um, and basically asks for a loan of $50,000 to fund this campaign of him looking for a wife um, with, uh, with the promise to pay it back in like a short period of time. I think it's six weeks. And if he doesn't pay it back, um, he has to give like threefold the money, which is basically everything he has, like his car and such asset wise. Right. So he's like, he's doing double or, he's doing double or nothing. Right. Right. And then no, the rest of the movie is him on the path of finding a rich wife that he can manage to then murder after the wedding to then ah. to then have the money for the rest of his life. Um, so the movie is that of him just going on these random dates, finding stupid wealthy women, and ridiculous hijinks of the seventies ensue. Um, this movie is fantastic. Yeah. It is. And Elaine is both the director and the wife he ends up with, right? Something yes. Like yeah, yeah. I think she doesn't show up till like halfway in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she is the she is the actress who he ends up um, attaching himself to um, by the end of the movie. Um, oh, so this is Parasite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, this movie this movie is great. Walter Matthau is incredible. Well, as always, as always, <laughs> um, and like it's something for me, like for actors like this, who I feel like Walter Matthau is someone that, even though I've seen some of his early work, most of the things I've engaged with him is him on the older stage. Like even yeah. even watching movies like Taking Pelham of One Two Three, right? He was definitely in that older stage of life where he was playing the the. He was playing the like forty-five plus year old worker who was like the 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 experienced person on the job. So he would do nothing. He would he would take no shits and he'd be like, "I know what I'm doing." Or talking about grumpy old men, which is an obvious like old man ass movie. Or even some of the some of the the later stuff with with Jack Lemmon, like Out to Sea or you mean something. Grumpy old men. I was going to say Out to Sea. Leave yeah, me alone. Old man. Out to sea. <laughs> Listen, anything that Walter Matthau did um, in like the last 10 years of his life with him and Jack Lemon was his grumpy, grumpy old man. man. That's all it was. <laughs> they, for legal purposes, they may have had to change the name of the movie, <laughs> but, but it's it was the grumpy same old movie. Man. <laughs> Understood. Um, and by the way, just to let you know, they were all fantastic, yeah. they were all great movies. Hey. We can, I can watch this movie on Pluto TV. <laughs> what is Pluto? Where are these people? I- <laughs> Listen, we need to stop this. Paramount Plus is the last one. 
I'm people sick coming of for that Kobe Award next year, David. Jesus, people yeah. coming for it. I think Pluto might be owned by NBC, Jesus you know. Christ. Um, but yeah, the the movie Paramount it's it's fascinating for me to watch movies with Walter Matthau where he's playing a pseudo young person mm-hmm. because I still see him like even with obviously his skin looks younger and he is right. less old. Yeah, like, that's that. You'll never see him like that. Right, like everything about his mannerisms, like he seems like even if I were to have met him as an eighteen-year-old, he probably looks like the kind of person who acts like he should be fifty at all times. Yeah, right. Um, and it even shows in this movie. Like I think there's a scene where he's going on a date with a young woman, and they're at a charity event, and a friend comes by and sees him and was like, "You, what the shit are you doing here? I didn't think you liked charity." And he's like, "I don't." And like he breaks like a charity hat and like continues on this date with this young woman who is attempting to like woo to get her money but he you know he can't like bend his 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 will to be, to pretend enough to like care about charity for this date like he's like i just want to know about this woman and then marry her but then that wouldn't work out but whatever um this movie is great um a new leaf i, I will it. watch it on pluto tv I believe it's on the Criterion channel. Whatever that. No, I, I see that it's on the Criterion channel. Yeah, it's on Criterion. But I am going to go out of my way <laughs> to see whatever Pluto TV yeah. is. I think it might be ad supported. So Douglas, I need to see what I've never heard of. Pluto Apparently, TV. it's owned by CBS, so I don't know why they don't just have the content. Does Pluto TV have Pluto and Nash? Uh, listen, if it doesn't, I'm suing whoever you sue. <laughs> Is it is it a title of movie or is it Pluto Nash? It's not Pluto, Pluto Nash, Nash, but okay. it's close enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's most mostly what I do. Armand, Armand Hammer. Oh my god, ah, that's his. It's the best name I've ever heard. <laughs> uh.